negative utilitarianism mm -hmm. is the core moral philosophy of the cult, i.e. we will remove pain from people. And that ultimately leads to the logical conclusion that we need to not just kill all humans, but prevent any sentient life from ever evolving again. Like the cult is, I think, much more extreme than people think. And people can be like, no, it doesn't think that you're being extreme. Go to a party with your progressive friends. Mention fertility rates are falling. Mention humanity may go extinct. I guarantee you someone in that room is going to say, is it really that bad if humanity goes extinct? And then a number of them are going to be like, mm, yeah, that's a good point. Is it really that bad if humanity goes extinct? If you don't realize that you are in an insane and dangerous cult, when that is a normalized idea, a normalized thought, like, I, I don't know what to say. Like, that's right. like, wake up. You're in the people who want to end all human life. You are a supporter of theirs. The people who take your children and put them into a lifetime of debt. You are standing this organization. They are evil. The cult is a descendant of the imperialist European cult of ours. It is not a native cultural group. This is just the newest iteration of European colonialism and genocide. Would you like to know more? We do sort of live in a world today that is controlled by a cult. Yeah. And it's something that we've talked about in other videos, but we've never really gone that deep on the subject because we talk about it so much that we're like, oh, there's no use in like a single video on this. But it would make sense to go deeper in on a video. If you look at the way that different cultural traditions and different religions relate to things like truth, mm -hmm. you can begin to contextualize the urban monoculture or the cult as we call it in the terms of these religious traditions. And what you see is it behaves in a way that is very similar to some of the more either inefficient or abusive traditions, but also that it is just a religion. But what's interesting about it and why this is important to talk about is never before in human history, to our knowledge at least, mm -hmm. has a cult-like structure, um, like crystalline structure, been spreading rapidly through like the heart of the most powerful elements of society. I guess you could argue that Catholicism kind of did this with the Roman Empire, but well, I don't even think the impact is nearly as perfect. No, not as much. And it does yeah. something very weird that no religion in history has ever done. Mm. which is it doesn't require that individuals who are supplicants to it state that they are in this cultural tradition. Mm -hmm. So historically, cultural traditions were usually mutually exclusive or at least things that you had to identify with. Mm -hmm. So you had to say, if you became Jewish, you know, I'm Jewish now or Christian, I'm Christian now or Muslim, I'm Muslim now. Mm -hmm. The cult doesn't require this. You can be a member of the cult and call yourself whatever you want, identify however you want. In fact, that's one of the core things it promises so that no matter how you identify yourself, that will be validated by the cult. Mm -hmm. But it, 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 it changes all of your perspectives and the way that you have to relate to society in a way that is very consistent with a unified cultural practice. Mm -hmm. So let me give an example here. So when I'm contrasting and comparing cultures, there's typically multiple ways a culture can relate to truth. So okay. you can look at the Catholic way of relating to truth, which is truth should best be determined by individuals who have spent their lives studying a thing and then have been certified by a central bureaucracy. Credentials, yeah. 
Well, no, like a, a cast, like a priest cast that says this is what's mm. true and this is what isn't true, and they've been mm-hmm. certified by central bureaucracy. Okay, fair. And then you have the Protestant, you know, perception of truth, which is to say, well, that cast could become corrupted. There, uh, there, there could be misincentives, yeah. uh, and therefore, truth should always be determined by the individual. Both of these have negative externalities to these ways of seeing truth that are just not relevant to this conversation. Mm. You look at the cult that controls our society right now; it has far moved in the the Catholic direction, which is to say, mm. truth should be determined by individuals who've spent their life studying things and have been certified by a central bureaucracy. The central bureaucracy it has chosen is the academic bureaucracy. So when it is determining what is true through its mouse pieces, so within a lot of cultural traditions, you have mouse pieces, people who sort of go out there and communicate to the members of that religion or that cult, what is going on. So this would be the press in in, in this structure. Mm-hmm. And then when they're determining what's going on, they go to their priest caste, which is the academics, and they say, what is true? What is not true? Right. Now, a lot of people would be like, yeah, but the scientific method is the best way to determine what's true. I believe that is not what academics practice anymore. Anyone they say it. Viewing they the academic it system method. today, it is not based on the scientific method anymore. Even it, they say it is, though. They say it is, but it's not. It's based on a weird system. So, so some STEM fields are still like aspired to be based around the scientific method, but they are policed by other sort of ideological police that exist at every university that departments are dedicated only to conformity with the cult. Whether this is a fat studies department or a genders department or, you know, whatever department, right? They just go around policing the other departments to ensure ideological conformity and that nothing that is being released by another department could hurt the cult's message. Now, uh, with something like physics, this isn't necessarily going to warp the research that's coming out of these departments. However, with something like anthropology or with something like psychology, this is obviously going to have a significant effect on warping the research that's coming out. And if you look at the replication crisis, uh, you know, we had Spencer Greenberg on here, which has done some great work on this. If you look at what is the most common correlatory factor with studies that fail to replicate that, however, got published, mm-hmm. is that they promote something that the cult wants promoted. No, it's true. Conservatives it's, 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 are stupid. So it is using the centers of power in our society that determine what's true and what's untrue to promote its message. And a lot of people can be like, yeah, but the other academics are still like, okay, and not biased. This is sort of what I call the Al Jazeera problem. Al Jazeera is actually a great newspaper if you want unbiased news. Fantastic publication. Anywhere in the world, except for things that have to do with the Middle East, because it's incredibly biased about the Middle East because it's funded by Qatar. Is and the so, Epic Times like that too? I don't actually read the Epic Times. But the Epic Times is kind of like that too. It's funded unless by, it's um, about China. Yeah. Oh, what's that? The, uh, the Falun Gong. Falun Gong. Yeah. Um. So so when they do have a specific area where they are intent on warping the truth, but mm-hmm. when something falls outside of that specific area it becomes a lot less relevant. Right. And so you can actually get truer information from things that don't fall into those specific areas. Mm-hmm. So what's it called? The areas it doesn't care about actually can still kind of produce good research. However, so much of the academic resources are being eaten by the cult. You know, as we've talked about, it forms sort of tumorous masses within organizations that it has infested that dedicate themselves just to spreading its message and just to ensuring ideological conformity. And these departments end up taking more and more resources as time goes on when somebody is living under the cult. If we went to an island, right? 
And we saw this behavior. We're like, okay, there's this one group that's certified by this central authority and they determine what's true and what's not true. And then this other group of like criers that tell the public what's true and what's like, like what this high ranking group. But then we saw like, like that all is fine. Like lots of religions are structured that way. Lots of cultural traditions are structured that way. But where the cult becomes intrinsically abusive is the way that, like like is the stuff that we're going to get into now so to prop up this system what they have done is they have essentially said okay if you want to join our society as an adult now a lot of organizations have uh coming into adulthood rituals typically in these rituals what happens is you are separated from your family you go out with a group of people who are all around the same age as you right. and you undergo some sort of trial either a hardship or and then followed by a series of parties Mm -hmm. This is what college is. <laughs> Two people who are members of the cult, it determines a true adult versus somebody who never really became Oh, you're not treated like a real member of the big society. Exactly. respected the same way if you don't go through this ritual. Ooh. And to undergo this ritual, you show your supplication to the cult yeah. by essentially becoming an indentured servant to the cult. Yeah, because the student for debt. most of your productive years. For sure. That's yeah. what the debt is. It is, it is becoming an indentured servant, a wage slave to mm -hmm. the cult. In exchange, they certify you as an adult within society and then certify your class status mm -hmm. by which university you went to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And again, wow. this is coming by, like I wouldn't feel comfortable saying all this if I hadn't beaten the system. You know, I've got my MBA from Stanford. I've got my undergrad in neuroscience from St. Andrews, right? You know, you so have you're saying like, how do you, if you were not college educated, you would not feel comfortable saying this? Well, because then I would be all sour gravesy. I conquered this system and I am saying it is bullshit. You do not uh, actually learn that. Yeah, it would be to take you credibly. The core value of the college degree is actually the admittance process. And then the validation it provides and that people, they know, oh, you have a Stanford MBA. You're unlikely to lie about other stuff because <laughs> if you did, you could lose this class status signaling mechanism. Like it could right. be withdrawn from you. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And huh. so you don't, you know, it, one of our followers is like, how can I check that you have actually told the truth about things like the companies you run and stuff like that? And I'm oh, like, yeah. I have way too much to lose if I don't. If I'm not at least like broadly telling the truth about things in a way that individuals could check, because the thing that they could always check is my degrees and those can be revoked if I'm out in public, like just making shit up all the time. So, so that's important. Now we need to talk about like the way the cult is structured. So one individual, you know, they were talking about creating an alternate college system with us, right? And they're like, yeah, I can create an alternate college system and this alternate college system will be able to train people better. And I was like, it doesn't matter. They're like, yeah, but look, it's more cheap and they can learn more coding. And then like Google would hire them. And I was like, look, Google hurts much more because it's already an infected organization by defying the cult than it does by getting good talent at a lower cost. Yeah. Because, yeah. and we've seen this, was in Google, when individuals within Google have said something that goes against the cult's narrative, they have been eviscerated. And in the oh, there's more than that. There's more. So like consider that when Elon Musk acquired Twitter and sort of changed its free speech policies or its moderation policies, he threatened one of the top mouthpieces of what you would call the cult because many of the, what did you call them? Like the shouters, the town criers use Twitter to basically say this is what reality is. And Elon Musk undermined that. Well, what happened after that happened? Well, I mean, Tesla was investigated by the US government for building a glass house for Elon Musk, like somehow like, like mis misspending funds or misallocating 
bonuses, bonus money for him. And then also, I think it was SpaceX, which was then criticized for not hiring enough refugees, even though that would be like in violation of its security clearance, like other companies with security clearance like SpaceX does, because it's essentially selling like rockets and explosives. And and you as the public saw over again him being attacked. Yeah. And this is the cult attacking someone who is undermining it. I was talking to one guy, it was a Jewish guy about, you know, he was going to call out, it was in regards to the plague our species recently underwent and the government's response to it and things that I can't say on YouTube because they would undermine the cult. And they are very strict about this particular area of undermining the cult. And I was like, you know, the cult will turn against you and they will tar and feather you just like they did with Elon Musk. And he goes, well, you know, I have a beef with Elon Musk because I'm Jewish and he says some anti-Semitic things. And I was like, he fucking did not. I was like, this is how you are going to be tarred and feathered. Idiots like you who go out there and believe what they read about Elon Musk are going to go out there and believe what they read about you. I was like, no, show me what he did that was anti-Semitic. Yeah. I would know if he had done something anti-Semitic. He did not do anything anti-Semitic. You have been lied to about these people. When somebody defies the cult, you basically need to ignore everything the media says about them. If you look at what the media says about us, because, oh my God, we are very dangerous to the cult. And we can get to why. Um, uh, because it, like at a very systemic level, we're dangerous to the cult. Because point out that it can only survive by consuming the children of nearby healthy cultural groups. It well, tells people, undermine that very sourcing mechanism. Yeah. It tells people, oh, do whatever you want. You know, just be happy. Mm-hmm. Identify however you want. Be whoever you want. And when people are doing that, well, children are hard. You know, they require sacrifices. And so when you do that, you're going to breed well below replacement rate as people in the cult do. And so it maintains its basis by taking the children of nearby healthy cultural groups. And those cultural groups become intergenerationally resistant. So then it needs to ship in people from other countries to take their children. And you call this out and you're like, hey, actually, immigrants, people in this country, we're all in the same boat. We're just trying to protect our cultures. We're trying to ensure that we have thriving great-grandchildren that massively undermines the cult because it calls out a core hypocrisy of theirs, which is all of these groups that they say that they care about, they only care about them insofar as they can convert their children to the cult. And they're like, yes, you can still call yourself whatever you want. You can still call yourself, for example, a Muslim. You just need to have our beliefs about sexuality, gender, morality, the way that we relate to the environment, the future of the human species, the what mental health means, what like everything about your life needs to be exactly in line with us. And as long as you agree with all that, yeah, just call yourself whatever you want. Uh, oh, and you also need to preach all of these things. And this is obviously like they're just saying, yeah, you need to abandon everything that you culturally identify with and join our cultural group. And so obviously we're threatening to them. So if you go out there and you look up us, you know, we are what? Racist? eugenicist mm-hmm. when we are literally the exact antithesis anyone who has seen our show knows how much we rail against those two groups mm-hmm. people out there because you know we do genetic selection with our kids they say we're dirtying the gene pool by using science and how we breed when all we're fighting for is reproductive freedom you know this is the way when we say oh we want artificial wombs so we can expand who can have kids and ibg and then you know gay couples can have kids that are 100 biologically there and they're like oh, dirtying the gene pool all of this genetic technology and stuff like that and their laws they prevent disabled people from having kids because they're like i don't want to pass on this to my kids and so they they say well then too bad don't fucking have kids they're functionally sterilizing disabled people in the countries where they have made this sort of polygenic risk selection technology illegal 
And so we are literally the exact opposite. And anybody who's seen this channel knows our, our rails against racism. Yet that is what the newspapers must say about us constantly. Because that is how the cult targets and identifies its enemies. Essentially what it does is it has sort of immune cells or individuals who sort of act almost like a, in the body, like you're tagging something like, oh, uh, an antigen. This is tagging this virus or bacteria as potentially dangerous to the body. This is tagging this individual as transgressive to the cult. And once an individual is tagged, then they begin to get specific labels, typically racist or homophobic attached to them. Mm -hmm. or transphobic is the new one, even if they aren't, you know, because there's no, and members of the cult aren't, as long as you dedicate yourself to the cult, you can basically say whatever you want. You know, you look at like cult members and, and you look at their histories and you'll find lots of racist stuff off it. Yeah, uh, I guess. So like, what do you know about hacking life in a cult? Because like some, there are some people who, whether or not they actually believe the cult doctrine, love living in a cult because they know the rules and they just nail it. You know, like, and then that, that is even in contrast to people who are true believers who don't know the rules and often get in trouble. And I see this happening with the cult that runs our society, you know, mainstream society, woke society, whatever people want to call it, where there are true believers who, because they're true believers, often don't realize like the lines and the rules and they cross them and then they get canceled, which is to say expelled well, I mean, from the cult. any authoritarian religious organization, which is essentially what this is, mm -hmm. it can be safe if the rules are stable. The yeah. problem with the cult is the rules are not stable. I would not uh, suggest anyone, no matter how much they think- They ne never try to play it. You cannot stay on its good side. If you- achieve mm. success if you achieve elevation you are putting a target on your back because the norms change so quickly i guess you make a good point because we even have friends who are like yeah i'd like to be progressive and i'd like to be a leader and then they actually look seriously into it because they're very smart and yeah yeah, yeah so, decide, so you like, oh, i guess I have to be conservative. you say something that you think is appeasing the cult like i yeah. don't tell her and then you're a racist next <laughs> you say something that you think is a appeasing the cult mm -hmm. people are born gay. And then the next generation, it's no, you can choose to be gay. What are you saying? That's oh, so you're saying like a lot of the issues, it's time locked because I feel most people would be savvy enough to know that like, I think it's the people who actually care about causes like racism who get tripped up by that. I feel like if you're morally bankrupt well, and you're just playing the cult. Are. So TERFs, trans-exclusionary radical feminists, they believe what the cult used to believe, which is that all humans are uh, intrinsically equal. And that if you just weren't socialized to see gender, you wouldn't see gender. Blank slateism, Skinner is Like, this was mainstream psychology if you go back, you know, 50 years ago or something. And it was what the cult was arguing. It was that gender is completely a social construct. And so, of course, these individuals now coming in, they'd be like, whoa, we were discriminated growing up for being women because of the patriarchy. And now these individuals are identifying as women, but women and men are actually no different at all. And so they're just identifying with an oppression that they haven't felt. They are just parroting the old rules of the cult because they actually believed it. They didn't understand that this was a religion and not a set of truths about the way the world functions mm. and these individuals as we say today like an area where i know the cult's going to change eventually is these individuals today are like iq is not a thing in the future people are going to say like hey you smart person you were pretending you didn't see your systemic advantage over other people that's a lot like pretending you don't see race you know pretending you don't see a systemic advantage you have over other people is not a moral position and is not a position in line with the cult's underlying value system. And so 
eventually these people will be crucified. But today they think that they are parroting what the cult wants to hear. Same with trans medicalists. Like you look in the past, trans medicalists, people like trans is appropriate. Now they're being crucified. It changes. You can join the group that are looking for truth in this world. And these individuals aren't all the same. They don't all have the same moral frameworks. So a great example of this is Ayla, her friend of the show, right? Ayla sees the world very differently from us, right? But she's willing to say whatever she thinks is true without fear of the cult. And it has caused many attacks on her. And so even though she's very different from us, she's in this wider group of people who are just, even if they may fail sometimes, looking honestly for the truth. Mm. And I think that this group of people is getting larger and it's becoming more of a threat to the cult intergenerationally. Yeah, I think also, you know, I mean, I don't think she would play it any other way, but she has made many personal sacrifices and has to do many things the average person would never have to do because of that choice to live in a truthful way. Yeah. Like, there's yeah. And again, we, we're not saying that we like approve of her lifestyle or anything like that. What we're saying is that she clearly is doing what she's doing, not because of the cult, but because she has like thought about it and believes it's the right thing to do. Yeah. And, and she's also not doing it because it's the easy way to do because she's taking away the hard way. Yeah. Um, anyone who's doing that, I have great respect for, and I will always stand them, whatever their position are, even if it goes wildly against the cult. The other thing that's important to remember, so, so there's other things that the cult do that is very much like a traditional cult. So one of the things that all cults do, and it's just a framework of cults, is they try to separate you from your support networks. Mm. It's very important that cults separate the relationships you have with your birth culture and your family. Well, the emissaries of the cults, one of the core functioning elements of the way that the cult has evolved in our society is psychologists. And that's one of the key things they do. They actually do a practice that's very similar to the way Scientologists recruit people, which is to say they ask you a series of questions. They then say, oh, you have this trauma. And this trauma was caused by both your birth culture and your parents. And only by continuing to see us can you ever feel healthy and happy. We will basically control what you think and what you feel, mm -hmm. and we will help shape your personal daily narrative. This is a really common feature of cults, and the really intentional thing about it, the reason they need to break these familial ties these people have is because those are the people most likely to pull them out of the cult. They're like, mm -hmm. what are you doing? Like, this is crazy. Don't you see it's destroying your life? And I think the reason why I am so okay with being so dismissive of these progressive organizations and, and, and the ones that are infected with this cult is that it does destroy people's lives. It says in the moment what people want to hear, which is do what you want, identify how you want, be who you want, you know, whatever you want to do, just do it. And, and you can maintain this sort of longitudinal happiness. And, and it's something that should be clear across our videos is you don't get that. That's not what you get. If you look at the happiness level between conservatives and progressives, they're much higher among conservatives. If you look at the mental health problems among progressives, if you just do whatever you want and identify whatever you want and be whoever you want in the moment all the time, this level of hedonism, humanity was not built for. We did mm. not evolve for. And mm. it destroys your mind. It makes you unhappy. It makes you feel unfulfilled. And it leaves you in a position where you feel this daily doomerism and depression. And you see this in the most indoctrinated members. They do not feel our species has a future. Yeah. And they'll point to things. And if that thing gets resolved, they'll point to something else. Whereas if you look at people from the more conservative positions, they're often less economically successful. They're often less privileged. But... Yeah, but that's basically a 
part and parcel with not participating in the cult because the cult runs the modern economy. The yeah, whole... so they can punish you. They, they can yeah. punish us for what we say. You know, it'd be hard for us to get a traditional job these days. We People give us money because they know the things we create money. And so they're like, okay, well, uh, like Elon, right? Like Elon is definitely one of the cult's biggest adversaries, but people are like, yeah, but you- People you, invest you, in him and buy his stocks because they know they're going to get an IROI usually. Yeah. But it is hard. It is hard. And we definitely have lost opportunities. We've lost investors. We've lost a million dollars of investment. I know at least so far because of the cult. Oh, and, you mean, yeah. Someone who was going to invest a lot yeah. did not invest in us because, yeah, yeah. Because the way that the cult works is as soon as it tags somebody as transgressive, it will then go and it will target every individual who is seen as associating with them, supporting them, even communicating with them and remove them from his organizations. You can be fired from an organization that's controlled from the cult just from talking to somebody who is immune to its reach. That is wild. And one of the things, you know, going back to psychologists, we've talked about this in other videos, is that Studies have shown that if you look at the way people grew up, and we can tell how much a person was actually abused growing up by looking at like court records and see people who were actually abused but do not contextualize their childhoods that way actually have none of the negative effects of trauma. People who are very little, uh, people who were not abused but contextualize their early childhoods as abusive have all of the effects of trauma, of of actually being seriously abused. So it really turns out it's not actually being abused. It's the way you contextualize this. And this is really meaningful when the cult is using this as a tactic to ensure supplication of its members uh, because it is inducing real painful trauma in these individuals that they may not really have. And that's horrifying when you think about the, the level of unhappiness and dissatisfaction in the world that is perpetrated by the cult on its members through this mechanism that is used to ensure their supplication. Mm. Now, I want to be clear with all of this. None of this formed intentionally. Most religious groups actually don't form intentionally. They sort of like evolve from like, this works more than this. The psychologists who were more compliant with the cult ended up being promoted more by the cult. And the ones that had ideas that challenged the cult ended up being attacked in the same way was us, right? You know, and it's because it's this, this organically evolving cultural unit that the iterations of it that outcompeted other iterations of it are the iterations that still survive. And it sort of evolved almost like a super virus when the internet and megacities sort of emerged uh, and humanity didn't really have any defenses against this. Mm -hmm. and how it's got as big as it's gotten and as dangerous as it's gotten. But it is no different from, you know, you look at previous authoritarian theocratic societies. If an individual had ideas outside of that society, they were called a witch and they were burnt at the stake. And the cult does the same thing. We well, I mean, we, we I would say that there's some subtlety in that we don't do it that way. That is to say the cult does not destroy dissidents that way because it's actually more effective to not openly martyr someone. It's more effective to what we call in the Pragmatist Guide to Crafting Religion shadow ban someone where like you may not even realize when it's happening that it's happening, but you don't get the job, you don't get the invite to the party, yeah. you don't get the friends, you don't get the opportunities. And, and it's slowly like not everyone is flamboyantly canceled when they don't toe the line. Typically, and this is what happens when you out. communicate. So the shadow banning is like the lower order punishment. And this is what happens when you communicate to somebody who's been marked, somebody who has been mm. basically that their career lit on fire or whatever, because they've been tagged as dangerous as a cult. You communicate with them, you get this shadow banning procedure. And this is why it, it's so effective at maintaining total control of society. We had a period in world history 
uh, where, you know, post-World War One, really, I'd say up 1900s until modern time, where we actually had a genuinely pluralistic g- global dominant power, America, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. Europe, where genuinely people of different cultural groups could all make their voices ho- heard. And you could be hired by, you know, most companies if you were Jewish, if you were Baptist, if you were Catholic. And we, it moved more. Like, keep in mind, even when JFK became president, a lot of people were afraid to make him president because he was Catholic. Oh, right, so right, there was right. still a level of bigotry there. But we reached this sort of level of almost true openness in like the 90s, like the mid 90s. Like there was still some residual racism, some residual di- di- discrimination. But generally, everyone was okay with everyone else from different cultural groups. Mm-hmm. You know, you could still be hired if you were like, Catholic to the bone or, you know, orthodox. And that didn't mean people would be nice That's to you. That's not true anymore. That's not true anymore. Yeah. There are companies that will openly say, okay, what's your perception on women? And if your culture has a perception well, of Well, there women, are also companies that will not openly say, well, we can't hire any more cis white men, period. Yeah. I've actually heard this under the table stuff. So my dream- Multiple times. Time multiple times. Was to become a professor at Stanford. And I wanted this, like, monetary, you know, it was something I was really aiming for. It's why we did the private equity thing, because I knew that I went down this private equity route, the search fund passed, a lot of professors had that background. And we were basically told under the table, oh, there's a, we can't hire uh, straight white miles anymore. But we've heard that not just at, uh, for Stanford University, we've heard that for multiple nonprofit and for-profit institutions. Yeah. And to be clear, they actually said that there are some ways you could get hired as a straight white male, but you have to go through a different pathway than the one that you went through, which is one that shows much more supplication to the cult. So I can't come in as an outsider. I don't even think that's true. Male. I don't even think that's true. Well, I think no, literally, hold on. I'm just like, what they, they said. Afford... They said, if you went through the academic pathway, if you went through the PhD, instead of becoming like a famous intellectual outside of academia and then moved into academia, that's where we have the moratorium on this. If you went through the PhD and then went into academia through the academic system, like just complete supplication all the way through the priesthood class, you can still move into the system that way. And that was really disheartening to hear because growing up, I had such faith in academic systems. And what I realized, and I think what a lot of people don't realize is how untested the way that academic systems rank internal hierarchy is, Hmm. like this sort of cloud-based citation network with departments that sort of police this and police other departments. This was not what academia was in the 80s. This is a very new system, the way it's operating now and at the scale it's operating now. And it does not appear to be sorting for competence or truth anymore, but more supplication to the cult. And there's still people out there who, who genuinely, you know, care about what they're doing was in any cult, right? You know, there's Scientologists out there who are just genuinely great people. And it, the their face inspires like positive action into them. But you look at the leadership of the church. It's hard to say it's anything other than nefarious. And it's the same way with the cult in our society. It makes things worse. When it enters an area, it does not achieve what it says it's going to achieve. It increases inequality, often discriminated groups. You look at the most infected cities, you look at like the most democratic cities, and you look at the level of differential between like white and black income in those areas, and they increase. They're the highest in the US. You look at the most Republican cities, they're they're often lower. Why, Why is this the case? Why is it? Because it doesn't care. Actually, it benefits from increasing the problems it says it solves. If you look at when the cult really began to dominate our society and you look at perceptions of racism, you look at perceptions of racial discrimination, they've all increased. You look at, for example, rape claims. 
they're much higher in infected institutions. The more infected, the more supplicant an institution is to the cult, the, no, the higher the number of rape claims you'll see in these institutions. And it's, you could say, well, this is because people are more sensitive to rape. This is because people are more sensitive to racism. I would say if you talk to people who are outside the cult's reach, who are genuinely immune to it, you know, whether it's your women friends or your black friends, were rapes actually more common when you were in these ultra progressive groups? They're like, yes, they were actually more common in those groups. Was discrimination actually bigger? Were people actually less intergenerationally thriving within your community when they were supplicant to these groups? And they'll say yes. And it's because it's obvious. It is, it is the number one cause in our society of these ills right now. And it's not to say that historically that was true. Historically, you know, many other groups were the number one cause of this, but it needs these social ills. If these social ills were to ever be actually addressed, it would lose its pull on its populations. Mm -hmm. None of this is like thought about. None of this is nefariously, the iterations- Yeah, none of this is intentional. Yeah. Yeah, the iterations of the cult, the iterations of the culture that lead to more inequality end up creating more fervent followers and thus spread further. Mm Mm-hmm. They outcompete the ones that actually fix things because the ones that actually fix things and then fizzle out. They're no longer appealing to people in the area. That was the iteration that sort of was around until the 90s, right? It, it, it actually fixed a lot of stuff. But then that saner iteration of this culture died because it was, you know, people left it. They're like, okay, problem solved. You know, it was, it was a lot of stuff. And that's, uh, and, and to be clear, I want to be absolutely clear. I'm not saying that like, LGBT rights were perfect in the 90s. I'm not saying that discrimination against uh, communities of color were perfect in the 90s. Uh, But what I am saying is that people were trying to improve them, genuinely trying to improve them. Mm -hmm. The cult's efforts no longer do that. Progress was made. Progress was made. um, Yeah, Yeah, progress is not. As this cult spread, progress halted. And in some cases, one could argue it, it started reversing. Yeah, when it's dramatically lowering the quality of life of its supplicants. Yeah. That's the interesting thing. Even though you might be economically less well off if you resist the cult, you will be dramatically more satisfied with your life because you'll know your life actually has meaning. Right. Um, And this is something we see when I look at the communities that resist the cult. Like the distillation of those communities for me is this wider pronatalist movement, right? And it's some of the happiest motherfuckers you'll ever meet. You look at what I would say is the distillation of the cult, like the ephalism movement, the uh, the antinatalist movement, the negative utilitarian movement, because that is what the cult, I will remove pain. It doesn't really say it'll increase happiness, but it will remove in the moment pain. Yeah. These are some of the most despondent individuals you will ever engage with. And they are the highest acolytes of the cult because at the end, it is a death cult. It is a cult that wants all humanity to die. And if you don't understand why that's the case, you need to look at the logic. Actually, I'll, I'll link to a video here. It's the one where we talk about these academics want everyone dead. Oh, perfect. It, it yeah. explains negative utilitarianism, mm-hmm. which is the core moral philosophy of the cult, i.e. we will remove pain from people, and why that ultimately leads to the logical conclusion for people who hold it, that all humans in all life, we need to not just kill all humans, but prevent any sentient life from ever evolving again. Like the cult is, I think, much more extreme than people think. And people can be like, no, it doesn't think that. You're being extreme. Go to a party with your progressive friends. Mention fertility rates are falling. Mention humanity may go extinct. I guarantee you, someone in that room is going to say, is it really that bad if humanity goes extinct? And then a number of them are going to be like, "Mm, yeah, that's a good point. Is it really that bad if humanity goes extinct? If you don't realize that you are in an insane and dangerous cult, when that is a normalized idea, 
a normalized thought. Like, I, I don't know what to say. Like, that's right. like, wake up. You're in the people who want to end all human life. You are a supporter of theirs. The people who take your children and put them into a lifetime of debt. You are standing this organization. They are evil. And look at them recently. Look at the way they have reacted to what's going on in Israel. Look at them supporting groups like Hamas. And you say, why is the cult anti-Semitic? And as I've explained this before, the cult has to believe all differences between groups exist because of discrimination, not because of group differences, not because of cultural differences. They all exist because of discrimination and oppression. So if there is a group out there that is out-competing other groups, well, if that group claims to be discriminated against, they're lying. And if they are one of the best performing groups, whether it's economically, academically, in, in bureaucracies, well, they must be the architects of all oppression in a society. We need to get rid of them. And that's bad for any group that aspires to improve itself because the cult rewards groups within it the worse their members perform within a society, which leads to the most infected cultural groups to become intergenerationally worse. The same way any racist group does. Racist groups always get intergenerationally worse because, and you'll see this, like if you look around the world, right? Like if you look at a cultural group in the US that had intergenerationally persistent racism, they economically will perform worse than other groups be they infected with the cult or not infected with the group cult. And something we make clear in one video is the cult, the progressives, they pretend they're not racist. Up until Obama was elected, your average white progressive voter was less likely to vote for a black president than your average white conservative voter. They are lying. They control the media and they have lied to you. They are the party of the racist. And then they're the laws they put in place, informative action, et cetera. They ensure that the communities that they rely on for votes cannot move up, cannot achieve equality within our society because they need them. They need them supplicate. It is disgusting. And people are waking up to this. People are waking up to this and it sees it. And that's why it's getting angrier and angrier. People are getting better at keeping their kids from being converted. And it is unable to motivate its members to reproduce. So it must become more and more aggressive in its control of our academic systems in the bureaucracies. And it is heading towards a conflict. I'm not saying like a civil war or anything like that, but I'm saying a cultural conflict that I think will define the next half century where the cult, as it begins to become increasingly mimetically sterile, becomes increasingly aggressive in its attempts to erase all of the cultures that are immune to it and take their children for itself. In the same way, I mean, the cult is a descendant of the imperialist European cultivars. It is not a native cultural group. It is not, this does not come from Africa. This does not come from Native Americans. This is just the newest iteration of European colonialism and genocide. And it will throw these big parades for these immigrant children after it's completely caused them to abandon everything that their ancestors believed in, culturally speaking. And it's... I, I dare say barely taken the time to remove the word white from these pride parades, which celebrate the erasure of these individuals' cultural ancestry. Oh. And I, and I want to be clear about something. I have, I support the LGBT community to high heaven, to high heaven. I support them, but like it's bosom buddies, Hamas, the cult likes building its operational infrastructure 
inside of things like hospitals. And by that, what I mean is it builds its operational infrastructure inside of the most vulnerable communities in our society, like the LGBT community, because then when people are criticizing it, criticizing its most egregious actions, it says, oh, you're attacking the LGBT community, are you? You must be homophobic. Oh, you're attacking you know, this minority community. You must be racist. And the same way, oh, you've bombed this hospital that we had all of our operational headquarters in and we were doing torture interrogation in and we were, you know, oh, whatever. And then when individuals of these groups turn against it, and I think that this is, this to me, look at every right-leaning trans individual you know in the public media, even really politically neutral, you know, whether you're talking about Buck Angel or Caitlyn Jenner, they have been eviscerated by the left, called Nazis, called racists, called demons, anything that they can throw at them. They have done everything they can to destroy their career because they do not actually believe that anyone can be trans. You can be trans so long as you supplicate yourself to the cult. You can be black so long as you supplicate yourself to the cult. Look at Biden's own word. If you don't vote for me, you ain't black. You cannot identify with these communities unless you completely supplicate your life to this cult. It does not care about these communities and it is absolutely critical if you're in these communities that you recognize it as holding you down, that you recognize what it has done in the areas where it has intergenerationally had powers. The cities that have intergenerationally been under democratic rule, what has happened to the minority populations in those cities? Anyway, I am going to go because we do have to pick up the kids. I love you to Decimon, and I'm sorry this ran long. I love you too, Malcolm. <laughs>